Hey everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode three of the Becoming People of Prayer podcast series. I was 20 years old when I took my first job framing a house. And I remember talking to my future employer before the job began, and I asked him, what tools do I need to bring uh, to this job? And he told me to just bring what I had. And so I showed up to the job site, and it became very obvious to me very quickly that the tools that I had uh, the hammer I had, the the different um, the the tool belt that I brought. These were not the things that I needed uh, to help me build this house. And within the week, I remember going out and buying the right tool bag, the right hammer, uh, the right nail puller, all these different things, so that I could actually work on this house in a way that was effective and helpful. You know, when I think about my prayer life, I I can see that you know there's there's this person of prayer that I want to be. Uh, but then I'm faced with the reality of who I am now. And there's a big gap in between where I am and where I want to be when it comes to prayer. But I wonder if I am using the right tools to help me get there. You know, so often I've thought, well, I'm just going to pray more. Well, that strategy doesn't work. Um, so what are the tools that we need to begin becoming people of prayer? And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode by by looking at the tool that Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer. And I believe that as we look at the Lord's Prayer, we have a lot to learn and a lot that's going to help us in becoming people of prayer. So let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Becoming People of Prayer podcast, a podcast designed to explore the spiritual discipline of prayer and hopefully help you and me in becoming people who pray. So I'm not sure what comes to mind when I say the Lord's Prayer but hey, if, if I was going to recite it right now, would you be able to do it with me? You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know, it, the Lord's Prayer is super familiar, isn't it? You were probably able to recite it with me because you've simply heard it so many times. And I don't know about you, but there's been times in, in different church services where um, the whole congregation, they just stand up and we, we recite these words together. Um, and, and it's a beautiful thing. My question for us, though, and for this podcast episode is, is that the purpose of the Lord's Prayer? Was the Lord's Prayer given to us um, as something that we're supposed to just recite when it comes to mind? Is it something we're supposed to recite as groups? And I wonder if somehow we've looked at the Lord's Prayer and then thought that, man, if I only recite these words, if I only memorize it and, and recite it back to God, it's, you know, if I only do that, then I'll unlock some sort of power. Then I will have done my diligence in prayer. But I want to suggest to us that that's not what Jesus had in mind when he gave us the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer was given to us in Scripture as a response to Jesus talking to his disciples. The disciples come to him and they say, Lord, will you teach us how to pray? Will you teach us how to pray? And that is an amazing place for anyone to be where they're asking that question. Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? The Lord's Prayer is the response that Jesus gave to his disciples. 
So how are we going to interact with it? What's the point of it? Well, I don't know if uh, you like spending time in the kitchen cooking or baking, but I want to use this illustration for us. So if, if I gave you an instruction for, for baking muffins, um, you, you might look at that and go, okay, this is baking. Uh, so I, I need to make sure that everything I put into these muffins follows exactly the recipe that Adam's given me. And you'd be right. You know, I've had experiences where I've gone to, to bake something and I, I put in a little too much or a little or not quite enough of a certain ingredient and then my muffins just do not turn out at all the way that I would have hoped. And so with baking, we see that we need to follow the instructions very closely. But if I give you a recipe for cooking, you might look at that and go, okay, I see where he's going with this. Um, I don't really like this item, so I'm going to take that out. Uh, I really like this item, so I'm going to add a bit more of that. Oh, and he, he says to do it like this. Well, I'm going to try this and this and this. And with cooking recipes, uh, we find that we can have a lot more fun with it, can't we? We can throw different things into a dish. We can prepare it maybe a little bit different than the, what the instructions gave us and not end up with something that's inedible. Baking, on the other hand, if you don't follow the instructions, you might have some rock-hard cookies um, or muffins that fall apart, or a cake that didn't rise, or a loaf of bread that's just not good to eat at all. So when we think about that, I, I want us to look at the Lord's Prayer. And I think the way that many of us have been taught to interact with it is that it's like a baking recipe. We need to follow it uh, very meticulously, that each each part of the prayer needs to be said in a certain way. Um, and I, I want to suggest that I don't I don't think that's right. I don't think that Jesus was, was telling his disciples that, you know, these are the words I want you to say. Rather, I think he was handing them more of a cooking recipe, telling them that when you pray, when you go to talk with God, let it involve these elements. Let it have these different things be a part of it. You know, when we come to Jesus and we ask the question of, well, Lord, I, I want to I learn to pray, his response is, is giving to us uh, the ingredients that are required, but the quantity of what needs to go in, the way it goes in, I don't think is as important as we might think. Rather, Jesus is giving us a way in which we can pray. And each part of the Lord's prayer then leads us in our prayers. They become almost like prayer prompts. So what I'm going to do is break down the Lord's prayer for us and give us examples of, of the ways in which we can pray. Uh, for myself, um, the Lord's Prayer did become that essential tool that helped me begin to develop a, a vibrant prayer life. Um, I, I remember I, I would be going on these long walks with my dog, and I would just start praying the Lord's Prayer, but using each part as kind of a uh, a launching pad for my prayer. And it was so life-giving. Uh, it was so encouraging. You know, many of us might struggle in prayer not knowing what to pray or feeling distracted about uh, what we're praying um, for. I find the Lord's Prayer um, wars against those things. It gives us some of the words we need, and it also helps us uh, stay focused. So, let's begin looking at the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer begins, of course, with the words, Our Father in Heaven. Our Father in Heaven. Now, this phrase is amazing on a lot of levels. Not only are we addressing God, the creator of the universe, um, as our Father, um, but we're also making a statement about who we are, aren't we? We're also saying that we are God's children. 
when we when we pray this prayer. Um, and, and so that's the first kind of part of this that I, I think can propel us in our prayer, that we can begin our prayers by addressing God as Father and reflecting on who we are in light of the fact uh, that He is our Father. So we might pray something like, Father God, I, I thank you that I can call you my Father. Lord, I, I thank you that I am your child. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you are pleased with me. And in praying in this way, we begin to not only declare who God is, but we also kind of speak to ourselves about who we are. And friends, the fact that we're children of God, that is an incredibly important part of our identity. It gives us perspective. And not only does the perspective come by recognizing who we are in light of Jesus and and who God is, but it also brings perspective as we recognize that our Father is in heaven that God is in heaven ruling and reigning, that he is king. This statement establishes his rule and his reign, that he is, he is one who is high above all others, that he is the creator of all things, the sustainer of all things. And so our prayer begins with this recognition of who we are, but also a recognition of who God is. And this naturally flows, I believe, into us praying um, the next part of the prayer, which is hallowed be your name. Now the word hallowed here very simply means to make holy. God, we we pray that you, we make your name holy. And the word holy uh, is something we say in church a lot. Uh, Outside of church, it's used mostly as a a swear word. (laughs) Um, But the word very simply means set apart. In the Old Testament, we read a lot about things being made holy, which is to say that it's something that isn't to be used for common or ordinary use, but it's set aside for a special purpose. There's something unique about it. There's something special and important about it. So when we say that God is holy, we're saying that he is set apart. He is set apart. So this prayer that his name would be made holy is to declare that there is none like him, that he is unique to all things. He is set apart from all things that he is higher, greater, more real, more worthy of our worship and our adoration. So in this part of the prayer, I will often spend time worshiping God, um, praying back to God things I'm thankful for, praying back to God perhaps an attribute of him. So let's say I've been reflecting on the faithfulness of God. I might take time to pray uh, back to God, thanking him for his faithfulness declaring ways in which I found him to be thankful. Uh, Sorry, declaring ways in which I've found him to be faithful. And then in addition to that, this is a great time in our prayer to bring our thanksgiving before God, thanking him for who he is, thanking him for what he's done, thanking him for what he will do. So these first two parts of the prayer, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, are, are two aspects where they're really orienting, aren't they? As we come before God, we turn our eyes towards him. We thank him for who he is, for who we are. And we just take time to, to worship him, to admire him, to, to tell him things that we love about him. The next part in the prayer is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I love this part of the prayer. And sometimes I get lost in this and don't end up finishing praying the Lord's Prayer Um, But this part of the prayer is asking for God to make things right as he once made things made right. And 
it's taking time in these prayers to, to bring things to God uh, and just bring things under his rule and reign. Um, oftentimes when I pray through this portion of the prayer, I begin with myself and, and I bring myself before God and I say, God, I, I want to live according to your will. God, I, I want my life to be something that reflects someone who's living to your glory. Uh, and, and in this time, sometimes I actually will, will take time to confess for sins that I am aware of in my life. It, in, in this time of prayer, it, um, it's me taking time to recognize ways in which I'm not living under the rule and the reign of Jesus and, and asking that his kingdom would actually come and be established in my life. And after praying for myself, I go to pray that same thing for my family. And then I go to pray that for my friends and, and for my church. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful prayer. This recognition that God is a king, that he has a will, that he has desires for us, and taking the time to bring ourselves and our friends, our families to him in prayer, asking that he would rule and reign uh, in our lives. This, this part of the prayer requires reflection, that we actually think about our lives, we think about uh, how we're doing, living for God. And maybe it's a time uh, where we recognize that, you know, I, I'm not really living for God. And, and taking that opportunity to, to ask for forgiveness for that and to bring ourselves back and say, God, I, I recognize I haven't been living for you. I, I pray that you'd help me to make your kingdom a reality in my life. Uh, so that is a beautiful part of the Lord's Prayer. The next part of the Lord's Prayer, we move to the prayer, give us this day our daily bread. And this part of the prayer is really an opportunity for us to bring to Jesus, uh, bring to our Father God, all of our needs. What are the things we feel that we need? What are the areas in our lives we feel we're lacking? And we could come to him and bring him those needs. And what I love about the way the Lord's Prayer is structured, you you, you see, we start off with turning our eyes to Jesus, and uh, we, we, we start by reminding us who God is, who we are. We, we turn to a time of worship and adoration to God. Then we pray that his will will indeed be done. And from that place, from that perspective, we move to asking him for things. And I think that's really important because, again, we, we don't ever want to approach God like he's some sort of vending machine. And it seems to me that some people, when they pray, uh, this is the only part of the Lord's Prayer they ever interact with, that God would give things to, to them. But after doing the work of praying that his kingdom would come in our lives, that his will would be done, it should give us a perspective for how we ask him for things. Are we asking for things according to his will? Or are we asking for things out of our own uh, selfish desires and ambitions? Uh, but to take time in our prayer to, to bring before him our needs, I think is important. Not only do we ask him for maybe physical, tangible needs, whether it's uh, helping us to be able to provide for our families or whether it is um, dealing with something financially or some sort of crisis where we find we are, are lacking and we need help. Um, I, I think it's also an opportunity to bring before God uh, needs that we might have as it relates to our character flaws. You know, perhaps patience is something that you're requiring more of. And you can take time in prayer to say, God, I, I really need your patience in this situation or in that situation. It's also an opportunity to bring the needs of, of loved ones before God, whether it's asking for healing, um, whether it's praying uh, for people who are, are going through depression or anxiety, 
recognizing that not only your, yourself, but also those you know and love have very real needs. And it's this part of the Lord's Prayer that, that we can enter into the act of petition, coming before God and, and praying that His will would be done and that He would um, come and make things right in various situations, um, which we see in all these various needs that we have. God, come and provide for our needs. Lord, we're feeling like we're lacking. Would you come and, and meet us in this place of need? The prayer goes on um, to praying and asking God that he would forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts. Uh, again, this part of the prayer really requires us to be reflective uh, and asking yourself the question, where is there sin in our lives? Where have you misstepped lately? When have you made a decision or, or taken an action that was contrary towards what you knew is, is good and right? You know, and it's coming before God with those scenarios and asking him for our forgiveness, asking him for his forgiveness, saying, God, I, I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry that I behaved in that way. I'm sorry that I said that thing. Would you forgive me? Here we engage in confession, which is making our sin known to God, but we also engage in repentance. Now, repentance is an interesting thing. I, I've heard people define repentance very simply as as that it, it is saying that we are sorry. And while that is an element of repentance, I think it's a little narrow in its definition. Because repentance isn't just about saying we're sorry, um, but it, it is more getting at this idea of changing our minds. Now, to say that you're sorry for something but not really mean it isn't really repentance. You know, we can all think of uh, those kids in our lives who uh, one does something that they shouldn't have and we, we sit them down and we force them to say that they're sorry, you know, and we see that they're only saying they're sorry because they're told to. And five minutes later, they're back doing that thing that we told them not to do. Um, that's not repentance. Repentance, rather, is us coming before God and um, desiring that we see the sin, the misstep, the thing that we did um, that we see it the way he sees it, that we come to see that sin um, isn't just about doing a right or a wrong thing. It doesn't, it's not like that, but rather that we've, um, we've gone against God's best for us. And sometimes we don't understand that. Sometimes we don't see that. Sometimes we think that our best is better than God's best. But the true work of repentance is taking the time uh, to hopefully align our perspective of what is best with God's perspective of what is best. And that's where that change of mind comes in. So it's coming before God, it's confessing, making our sin known to him, but then also admitting to him that, you know, God, I, I really wrestle in this area. I want to do this thing that I know is wrong. But Lord, I, I want to repent of that. I want to have my mind changed about that. Would you help me? And so we pray, forgive us our debts. And this, this prayer flows into the next one, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And I, what I love about this part of the prayer um, is in the asking God to forgive us our debts, we see that God desires that we be in right relationship with him. That there's nothing between us and God that's, that's wrong, right? That we've dealt with it, that we've confessed our sin, that we, there's a sense of knowing his grace and his love and his mercy um, but he also desires that we be in right relationship with other people. You know, who has crossed you lately? Who has done you wrong? Who is deeply annoying you or frustrating you? 
is that someone that you actually need to forgive? You know, and forgiveness isn't simply, it's not saying that what someone did was okay. It's not saying that what they did was no big deal. Rather, it's saying that I'm not going to be the judge of them. I'm going to give them over to God. It's, it's saying to someone that, you know, what you did wasn't right, but I release you from the grudge that I'm feeling. You know, unforgiveness, on the other hand, is incredibly dangerous for us. It is not helpful at all to us becoming mature Christians, mature believers. I've heard it said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that the other person dies. Holding these grudges, um, treating them poorly because they've treated us poorly. Um, That's not what we're supposed to do. Instead, we're supposed to forgive. Um, And we see the relationship between asking forgiveness and extending forgiveness. And I think what we see there is that as we receive the grace of Jesus, we, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be able to help extending that grace to other people. And we engage in this action in our prayer, praying that God would forgive us, but then also taking the time to think through who is it that we need to forgive. Well, the last element of the Lord's Prayer is the prayer that we would be led not into temptation, but delivered from evil. Now, again, in the first podcast episode, we talked about this verse in John chapter 10, verse 10, where Jesus said that I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly or have it to the full, right? Friends, did you know that there is a reality, that there is a spiritual enemy at work trying to keep you from experiencing life to the full? The Bible calls him Satan or the devil. And we know that the devil and his angels are working against us, trying to keep us from experiencing the life that that Jesus has for us. And while I'm not um, totally sure how that all works, I'm not totally sure um, what that temptation and things look like, but I can relate to having days where I just feel off. I can relate to finding myself thinking about things that I know are wrong, but really thinking about them for no reason. Where did that thought come from? And you know, I, again, can't say 100% for sure, but I would suspect that the enemy is trying to lead me away from Jesus. He's trying to lead me away from what God's best is for me. And so here in the Lord's Prayer, we are, we are invited to pray and ask for spiritual protection, that God, would, that God would help us stay in right relationship with Him by making choices that honor Him, that um, that we continue to walk in this prayer of your kingdom come, your will be done. Um, but it's also a prayer where we're asking Jesus to go and fight on our behalf and to keep us from the, the war against the enemy, that the enemy wouldn't come and, and destroy our lives. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul reminds us that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but rather that it's against these heavenly realities, is what he calls them, these principalities and powers. So friends, in this part of the prayer, it's, it's us going on the, the, the defensive, praying that, that God would go on, on our offensive and protect us and keep us from, um, from being subjected to the, the temptation and the work of the evil one. And I think that is a prayer very much so worth praying. So there you have it, the, the Lord's Prayer, perhaps in a, a different way than you've heard it before. And really simply, my encouragement to you is that you would see in these seven parts of the Lord's Prayer, 
invitations or prayer prompts for us to pray in the way that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. That our prayers would involve worship. That our prayers would involve coming to Jesus and recognizing his authority and power. That our prayers would would come with petition, asking that God would provide and heal and make things right. That our prayers would involve us coming before God, asking for forgiveness, but also coming before God and forgiving others. That our prayers would involve us seeking to be uh, kept from the evil one and brought into that life to the full that Jesus has for us. So if you struggle to pray, I encourage you this week to grab your Bible. Go to either Luke chapter 11 or Matthew chapter 6. You'll find the Lord's Prayer. And just break it down into parts and pray each part back to God. Not just the words that are written, but expand on each one. Our Father in heaven, thanking God that you're his child. Taking time to reflect on that. Hallowed be your name. Taking time to worship God. Thinking of his faithfulness and his love for you. And just praising him for who he is. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Asking God to make things right as he wants things made right in your life, in your family's life, in the lives of your friends. Give us this day our daily bread, praying to him prayers of petition, asking that he would provide, asking that he would bring uh, to your life the things that you need. Forgive us our debts, coming before him in confession and repentance for, for the ways that you've pursued your way over God's way. As we also have forgiven our debtors, coming to God and bringing him those people that have been rubbing you the wrong way, those people who have crossed you, those people who have hurt you and choosing in prayer to forgive each one. And then closing the prayer that we'd be led not into temptation, but delivered from evil, that God would protect us and lead us into the full life that he has for us. So I think the Lord's Prayer is an amazing tool for us to get started in becoming people of prayer, don't you? So take time this week, pray it back to God, each part, and maybe you'll only get through one part of it in a, in a time of prayer. That's totally fine. Uh, maybe the next time you'll get halfway through, that's totally fine. Maybe there's one part in here that sticks out to you more than another. Um, while that's okay for us to focus on one, I'd encourage that um, you end up focusing on all of them at some point in the next week. Um, but yeah, pray the Lord's Prayer back to God. And I believe that it'll be a huge encouragement to you. Well, thank you for listening to the Becoming People of Prayer podcast series. This podcast series is a part of the Equip podcast put out by Twilliger Community Church. You can learn more about Twilliger Community Church by visiting tcchurch.ca. I invite you to subscribe to and share this podcast with others, as well as to take the thoughts and the concepts from this episode and share them with others. You will not grow as a Christian without the accountability and friendship of other believers. The music for this podcast series comes from one of my favorite singer-songwriters, Sandra McCracken, with her song, He Walks With Me, off her record, God's Highway. You should really check it out. Well, God bless, and I pray that you will experience the joy and blessing of being a person of prayer.